the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends. Kaz here. That sound you heard is called a shofar blast. I take my shofar uh, lots of places, and when the opportunity arises, I let her rip. You're going to absolutely, totally love this broadcast. If you love the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Jew and the Gentile alike, you're going to be your mind is going to be blown during this two hour segment. I've got somebody on the on the phone with me for two hours, and this is a man who is not only an author. Uh, an author's author, but he uh, is a guy who has a real heart cry for seeing one new man, Jew and Gentile, come together. His name is Mark Biltz, B-I-L-T-Z, a remarkable, remarkable man. And my friend, the shofar blast that I did oftentimes happens in Israel when they want to communicate a, a major truth and they gather people together, or it's for the feasts and festivals, or if it's uh, a, a time of war, or if it's a time where the Lord is coming, you know that that shofar blast says, "Pay attention." And I felt it was appropriate to blow the shofar blast here with Mark Biltz. Hey, Mark Biltz, I am so thrilled to have you with us. Well, thank you so much, Kaz. It's great to be on your show. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I I just came Mark back from from uh, Israel uh, a couple months ago, and I took a book with me, and it's called, you may recognize the name of this, Pastor Mark, it's called Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times. Have you ever heard of that title? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I have. I hope it helped while you were there. Uh, Well, yes, and this is one of Mark Biltz's multiple books. My friends, you may be familiar with him if you've uh, been aware of some of the blood moons that are going on. He's written uh, uh, books and articles about the blood moon, but one of the other ones that I have absolutely consumed is a book that Mark Biltz has written called God's Day Timer. So if you want to get into that, that talks about the feasts and the festivals and the things, all things from a Hebrew perspective, and it will really open your eyes. And so, uh, Mark, I, I, I am without words. I, I can't even, but I'll try. Don't worry, I'll try. I'm almost without words to exp- express how excited I am to spend time with you. You're a man uh, after God's own heart. You're a man after the Hebrews' own heart. And you're a man after the Christians' own heart. And to see all those things cobbled together is remarkable. Well, I'm just so glad to be on your show and that you have a passion for biblical truth. I mean, what a uh, blessing you are to all of your listeners. Well, it's a pleasure. Uh, We've been doing the show for about a year and a half so far. It's called Come Together San Diego. And, you know, you and I know in our heart of hearts that the fullness of God's plans for unity cannot come to pass without Jew and Gentile coming to pass. So 
So we're going to spend two hours talking about this and what it looks like and what the Antichrist would like to have it look like. And uh, we need to uh, steer clear of those things and uh, stay close to the Lord and his directives. So would you would you give us just a minute or two to give an overview of, you know, I, I, one of the ways that I track you, uh, uh, Pastor Mark, is to you do a Shabbat service uh, on Saturdays. And so you do, do it on, in the mornings on Saturdays. So I have an opportunity to check what you did the week before and just kind of observe what you do. And I've heard other people say this, too, and that you are one of the people, if you want to understand what the book of Acts chapter 2 church looked like, <laughs> go to your church, El Shaddai Ministries, <laughs> and uh, you, you'll get a good taste. So you want, to talk, <laughs> you want to talk a little bit about that before we jump on into so many other things, pa- Pastor Mark Biltz? Oh, sure, it's fun. Well, see, Acts chapter 2, a lot of Christians think that Pentecost began in the book of Acts, but the Jews were required to keep that feast. Uh, They kept it every year for 1,500 years before the book of Acts. It is known as Shavuot, uh, and and that's why it talks about in Acts 2 how there were, uh, verse 5, there were uh, dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men of every nation. Uh, The reason why is they all had to be there. (laughs) You know, and uh, so it wasn't a surprise to them. Uh, And the amazing thing, if you remember, when everyone thought they were drunk, Peter said, hey, what are you talking about? It's the third hour of the day. Well, that's night in the morning. That's the time of the morning sacrifice. So here they are. They weren't in the upper room. They were in the the house they're speaking of is the Lord's house. It was the temple. You can't get 3,000 people in the house. So, But anyway, it, it was it's all about the temple and all about the Jews who, you know, were filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, yes. And my friends, just in case you have this mindset, this is I'm going to dispel that mindset right now. They don't do animal sacrifices <laughs> because the scripture talks about lifting your holy hands, uh, you know, lifting your hands to, as the evening sacrifice and the fruit of your lips giving thanks. When King David came along, he changed the mentality of the sacrifice sacrifice to something as we are we are sacrifices unto the Lord just by our intimacy with him who has given it all. So we'll talk some more about that, won't we, uh, Pastor Mark? It's hard to escape that when we're talking about Christian precepts, precepts combined with Hebrew precepts, is it? Nope. Well, we'll discuss whatever you want to talk about, Cass. I <laughs> know. Uh, boy, you, you may have opened the door there. You, we could be in deep trouble here. I have so many, so many things to talk about. A lot of these things are way, way, way too deep. For uh, some of the listeners, you know, a lot of the listeners, uh, almost all of the listeners to the K Praise radio broadcast, Pastor Mark, are believers, and and they have uh, been compelled to go different lengths depending on their comfort zone, uh, different depths in in the Word. My heart cry, and I'm going to just give you a lot of freedom to do this, Pastor Mark, and that is, I want everybody to dig more deeply uh, into the Scripture. The Tanakh or the Old Testament and the New Testament as well, and glean some things that are just hidden there for us to dig out. What would you like to say? We've got about uh, three or four minutes in the first segment, and then we've got the remainder of the two hours. How, how would you like to frame this, Pastor? Mark? Well, I would. Well, you know, you're talking about you know the Book of Acts and how so many things can be misunderstood or not understood. In Acts three one, there's a mistranslation. Uh, in many Bibles, it talks, and everyone knows the story of Peter and John going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, and there was this guy that was lame in his feet uh, from birth. Well, it's not the hour of prayer; it's the hour of the prayer, and it's the ninth hour. That's three in the afternoon. That's the time of the evening sacrifice. My. I know the prayer that they prayed. 
they prayed Jesus prayed this prayer three times a day his whole life uh, and it was called the Amidah which is called the standing prayer and if you don't know it's the standing prayer you don't realize this guy who's been laying on his feet has been praying three times a day for over 40 years to stand for the standing prayer but everyone misses the humor because they don't know it <laughs> is this also tied with the pool of Shalom uh, where where they they would go the every every three times of a year the three main festivals the, the Jews were to come to Israel and when they were to is that what you're talking about where they no, they prayed is, for no, healing because no uh, the pool of Siloam is in the city of David down at the bottom of the hill in the city of David this guy is at the eastern gate oh. sitting at the eastern gate. Uh, and he's been praying three times a day to stand for the standing prayer. And Jesus walked by him his entire life because Jesus wasn't even 40 years old. He was only about 33. And Jesus never healed him. And he said he was laid daily at the Eastern Gate. Uh, and so Jesus was waiting for him to be able to stand for the standing prayer. Oh and this is, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, one of the things I appreciate when I view your uh I guess it's a live stream and then it's uh, taped as well, the El Shaddai uh, ministries of, of your services in Sumner, Washington. That's near Tacoma and Seattle, is it not? Yes, yes, it is. One of the, you have a, a segment early on, and I'm not sure exactly what you call it, but it's dealing with the o- Old Testament. What, what's the phraseology you use? This is the something period or... Well, what I talk, the way I look at it, the first thing is like the road to Emmaus, when Jesus opened up the scriptures and show how it was all about him. Well, Jesus didn't have a Gideon Bible. <laughs> he didn't have a New Testament. He's opening up the Genesis to Deuteronomy, showing how he's there. So the first part of our service, I show how Jesus is in every chapter of the Old Testament. My, my, my. And it is so true. And the problem, the, the amazing thing is when, when, you, when somebody who's a teacher can uncover that, you go, you knock your head and, and you go, how come I couldn't see that before? What's going on? And, you know, sometimes the God of the age desires to blind the eyes even of Christians. So we miss the depth of what God wants to share uh, with us. And uh, Pastor Bills, so we're going to spend some time uh, discovering those truths the scripture talks about God it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the, yeah. the honor of kings to find it out we as being kings and priests uh, Pastor Mark Bills are going to uncover and discover some things my listening friend uh, I, I really encourage you to stay with us for the entire two hours you're going to be absolutely blown away uh, Pastor Mark uh, I'd like in the next segments to have you go through some of the high points of your book but even beyond your book uh, you write a book and you, when you finish you go I wish I'd have covered this and this and this, because every time God keeps un- unra- unra- unraveling additional things, so you have to keep writing books, and all of your readers said, amen, brother. <laughs> well, thanks. We're, we're going to come back, and we're going to start digging into some of these truths you've discovered and uncovered in the Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times and uh, other, other, your other books, including God's Daytimer. My listening friend, Mark Biltz, we have the Mark Biltz. I'm teasing him a little bit. We have him with us for the entire two hours. Buckle up. Mark Biltz and Kaz Taylor will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Kaz Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. And I'm back with Pastor Mark Biltz. He's in... uh, 
in the northwest in Seattle, Tacoma area. And I think, uh, Pastor, Pastor Mark, it's Sumner, Washington, is it not? Yes, it is. Very good. I, I University of Washington guy, Seattle, Washington guy, so uh, I know the area. Uh, there was a song that says, the bluest skies you've ever seen are in Seattle. Yeah. That's what brought me out here. <laughs> yeah. But the soggiest water, the soggiest grass in the world is in Seattle as well. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. You know, my listening friend, I, I hope you're thrilled as I am uh, bringing on uh, Pastor Mark Biltz. He has written many books. Uh, the one we're going to spend most of the time on today is Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times by Pastor Mark Biltz. And... Uh, we, we want to talk, you know, one of the chapters, Pastor Mark, I'm going to kind of let you run freely on. It really kind of sets the stage for where uh, we Christians are and where we Christians are not in these days. A lot of people talk about the term uh, anti-Semitism, or they talk about some, many Christians don't even know the phraseology replacement theology, but they, but, but, but they may carry pieces of it residual in their faith as well. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? That was one. Of, that was the uh, chapter of the book, Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times, that uh, to me was the most important thing to read to set the stage to dig into the other stuff. I had no idea the church of the Lord Jesus Christ had so much anti-Semitism flavor within it, and I, I, my heart cries to uh, excavate that or have you help uh, Pastor Mark Biltz. Well, one of the things that most Christians don't realize is, uh, well, I'll just start with this. Uh, most people don't know the Apostle John was kicked out of the church. Not only that, all the other Jews were, and any Gentile who would allow the Jews in was also kicked out of the church. Uh, and we find that in Third John. Uh, like verse 9 is where it begins. There's only one chapter in Third John. But John uh, is writing to the church, he says. But there's this Greek guy who took over named Diotrephes, and he says he loves to have the preeminence. And that's what Jesus said in the Gospels. He says, don't be like the Greeks who want to have the preeminence. And here we see in Third John, he writes to the church, and he said, but Diotrephes, you know, won't allow us to be co- to come. And then he says, not only that, he won't allow the brothers, and he kicks out anyone out of the church who would allow us in. My, my. As so the I, anti-Semitism started right away. Yes, well, and if in, in, it was in full throat, if you will, uh, about 100 years in after the, all of the apostles had died. There was actually no one that was of the generation where Jesus was there to actually uh, carry that baton. And so uh, mankind, you know, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, all of a sudden different things started kicking in and the true essence of the Jew-Gentile mentality kind of went away. So sad, isn't it? Yeah, most definitely. The, the problem is the Gentiles, you can't say that they didn't have morals. They had morals, but it was all based on Greek philosophy. All the morality came from Socrates and Aristotle and Plato. You know, that was that the morals were based on. And so they didn't know Torah. They didn't know the, uh, the Old Testament. And so as soon as they kicked all the Jews out, they didn't know how to read Hebrew. So they just stuck to their Greek philosophy as their moral base, and that's the problem we have today uh, in our Western thinking. It's based more on Greek thought than it is uh, Hebraic thought. My, my. And so uh, this is, I know that I, I, I've, in my observation of you and listening to your words, this is an area uh, where you have a real heart cry to restore the church back to its roots. And the roots are not uh, Greco-Roman roots. The roots are 
Hebrew roots, and, and some people in the Christian faith would be offended by that statement, but that's the truth. Why, would you speak a little bit more to that before we well, dive into other things? Well, absolute truth. Let me ask you something, Kaz. You're in the media business. Do you think our media is biased? <laughs> <laughs> does that answer your question? My laugh. Yeah, I hope it does. All your listeners know how biased Hollywood is and the media is. Well, here's the sad thing, too. Uh, I want authenticity. And the problem is the translators who translated the Bible into English, they were biased as well. And they will pick and choose how they want a word translated. And so just like people, they don't want a copy of an art piece. They want the original masterpiece. You know, that's what you want to go with. Well, we need to study more the original language so we have a better idea and see where the bias took place. My, my. You know, I'm a, I, I'm a King James guy, uh, and I've been using King James for decades. And when I heard other people and uh, Orthodox Jews and even Messianic Jews say the same thing, I said to myself, do I have to throw away my wonderful King James version? But, you no, know, it, it's a great it's a King James is a great Bible. There's the thing is, we have to realize a lot of them are versions. They're yes. not translations. Yes. And uh, so that's why. And I, I'm open for any Bible when it comes to just general reading. But if you're going to determine doctrine, then you have to be a little more, you know, specific. Yes. And when. Uh, uh, when you get into, you know, you could put Greek and Hebrew languages side by side, and uh, the the Greek uh, it goes for kind of what, what I want to say, mind candy. But when you get into the Hebrew word, it has such depths, and it's really the truths of the heart. And it's not it, the Hebrews have you know twenty seven different words that say the same thing, different nuances of the same thing. The Greeks, you know, that they. they Try to make a point, and they go on to other stuff. Hebrews, yeah, you you just it's an almost an unending depth. So speak a little bit more about that because yeah, we we Gentiles we you know we do a cursory reading of scripture and we go ah we got it on to other things. Not so much so in the Hebrew mentality. Right. Well, you know, I, I'm sure you have people that are multilingual uh, listening to your radio station. And anyone from another country knows when you translate words from one country to another, if you don't know the culture, you're going to make huge errors. Just like if uh, I have people who translate for me when I'm in other countries. And if I said that I really hit the ceiling, if they say hit the ceiling, everyone's <laughs> going to think I'm jumping up and down, hitting the ceiling rather than got mad. It's an accurate translation, but it's totally wrong. Exactly. You know. Exactly. And a lot of times we we Gentiles, because we a lot of you know, a lot of our culture is really tied to the Greek and Roman mentality. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we are discomforted or uncomfortable with the Hebrew truths. But till we get to the revelation that Jesus himself was a Hebrew, it changes our whole way of thinking, It does it not? Yeah, oh, sure it does. The, the sentence structure in Hebrew is even so different. In the West, we begin with a subject, I, me, my, I went to the store. The Hebrew mentality is totally different. The action is what is important. So they start with the action, to the store, I went. I don't become important. What I do becomes important. And so they were doers of the word and not just hearers, thinkers, contemplate philosophically what it means. Go do it and you'll figure it out, you know. Wow. The, prof the, the profoundness of your comment uh, about the Hebrews see things from an action standpoint 
And we right. are always looking at things. How does it impact me, my mind? And the truth of the matter is, what is the important action that's tied to this? You can t- tell a person by their actions. We'd like to tell a person by our words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, here's just one fun example. It does not make any theological difference. But when uh, Peter denied Christ three times, when the cock crowed three times, most people don't know it didn't happen that way. There, there never historically were chickens or roosters in Jerusalem because who wants to smell a stinking chicken coop when they're <laughs> in the temple worshiping God? That actually was the name. Like if uh, let's say someone is the chief of police, he's known as the chief. Okay, well, there was a priest called the rooster, and uh, I have the exact words. The rooster would call out three times to everyone to come begin the morning service, like a town crier or a temple crier. So here in our Greco mindset, we think a cock a rooster was crowing, but no, it was a priest who was called the rooster. And he was proclaiming things yeah. for them to hear three times? Yes, three times he would tell. Basically, I even have the exact words, you know, <laughs> telling everyone to rise to their post and come. The service is about to begin. You know, it sounds, it sounds like a mom with her chicks. A mom going, "It's time for dinner. It's time for dinner. It's time for dinner." Or don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say. It's kind of <laughs> like you know, someone who's. <laughs> and I, in a, in a matter of speaking, I guess that was it. Someone to remind you know, like I blew the shofar blast. Basically, it's a reminder of what you right. need to do. And that, time that, it is. that's remarkable. And that's why it says, as a hen gathers her chick, so often I would have gathered you, he says. <laughs> yeah. Pastor Mark, we've just scratched the surface on what we want to talk about with you. Uh, wonderful author of Decoding the Antichrist in the End Times and uh, God's Daytimer and Blood Moons and things like that. We're going to cross through some of these things as we dive through uh, the Tanakh or the Old Testament and the New. And my listening friend, I know that you're going to with growing appreciation, learn to love the Hebrew language and the Hebrew mentality on things as uh, uh, Pastor Mark Biltz uh, uh, excavates this for us. So honored to have you, Pastor Mark Biltz. And uh, my listening friends, stay with us because we've only just begun to, as a chicken scratches the surface, uh, just kind of tying in that analogy, my friend. Uh, <laughs> we've only begun scratching the surface as well. And Mark Biltz and Cass Taylor, we will be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. This is Pastor Jim Heidrich from Firewheel Church, and I declare over San Diego that the goodness of God is going to crash in on you with the weight of his glory because he's moving with compassion. Yes, you believe in Jesus, but Jesus believes in you. And I just affirm you in your call to greatness in Christ Jesus. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Yes, yes, yes. And Heavenly Father, help me to walk wisely between the pages of Mark's book, Decoding the Antichrist and End Times. Walk wisely so that I can uh, entice uh, Pastor Mark to glean what needs to be gleaned for you, my listening audience, specifically for you, for this time, for this place, and this season. Mark Biltz, uh, I, I, you know, I, I walk through my Bible, and I'm I don't I'm not shy in marking it up. It's marked all over the place, uh, and I have to admit 
when I looked at the Decoding the Antichrist in the End Times book after I'd finished reading it, I could hardly read some of the words on the page because I'd marked it up so heavily. <laughs> <laughs> because it speaks, it speaks so much to me. And my listening friend, I'm just going to throw this out here right now. We'll deal with this near the end of the show as well. But Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times by Mark Biltz, how do people get a hold of that book? You need to get this, my friend. Well, they can go to uh, our website, lcidministries.us, and if that's too many words, just put my name in, Mark Phelps, <laughs> and you'll find it. Yes, uh, but wait a minute. They Amazon. need to spell your name right, don't they? Oh, well, no, actually, they can even spell it Blitz, and I think they'll still find me. But, uh, yeah, Mark built is the correct way. B-I-L-T-Z, my friend. Or you can do it. He actually does a lot of Blitzes as well. You know, when he writes this stuff, uh, it's kind of like the enemy has no chance. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, as I was reading through your book, and I looked, was I was studying it before I went to Israel a couple months ago, and I knew I was going to be introduced to and spending a lot of time with the Orthodox Jew. Now, my friend, the Orthodox Jew is not the Jew that believes in Jesus. Those are the Messianic Jews. There's the Orthodox Jew and then the ultra-Orthodox Jew and many other strains as well. The real small percentage of the Jews in Israel are Messianic Jews. So I wanted to make sure that I didn't offend these people, but I also wanted to be, be wise in, in, in the way that I communicated the points. And, and, and Pastor Mark, one of the things that was absolutely amazing to me is there are actually, and your, your book details this, the, the mentality of the Christian versus the mentality of the Hebrew or Jew versus the mentality of the Arab or Islam. Uh, it, it, they're markedly different, but the way each one may posture it, uh, and a person that doesn't really understand the nuances may go, oh, they're all the same. It's the same God. It's the same, it's the same thing. But the truth of the matter is uh, it's not. And I, I came back from Israel going, you know, many of what the Jews feel about Jesus, the Hebrew, G, or, or let me just say Messiah. I won't say Jesus because a lot of the Orthodox Jews don't ha- don't mess, don't deal with that name, but those who are looking for Messiah in the he- from the Hebrew perspective, uh, there are some deep truths that they're looking for that I, as a Christian, should be looking for, but I have no comprehension that I should be. So I, I would like to spend the next three segments, if I may, having you give us an overview of what the Christian mentality is about, you know, from from godliness. And then the next segment, one of the other segments, we'll talk about the Hebrew perspective, and we'll talk about in another segment, the Islamic perspective. And you and I are going to blend the, the things that need to be blended and separate the things that need to be separated. Is that okay? Yep, whatever you'd like to do. I'm here with you. We're in this together. In, well, I'd love to do a, a 30-hour consecutive communication with you, but that's not going to happen. One of the things that I appreciated as you identified the Christian mentality, uh, you know, we're, we're, is, I, I was amazed to realize that all three groups are looking for Messiah. That, that's what's kind of funny is also everyone's Messiah is the other one's Antichrist. <laughs> you know, it's like teaching each other's tale. For the uh, for Islam, I mean, they do have an Antichrist, and they, you know, they have their Messiah known as the Mahdi, but uh, they believe their Antichrist is the Jewish Messiah, the one they're expecting. And many Jews believe their Antichrist is the Christian Messiah. And the Christians, many of them believe their Antichrist is going to be a Muslim. So it's like everyone has an antichrist and it's all the other ones a messiah. Yes, yes. And one of the things I was trying to parcel out is, in when I was talking with the Orthodox Jews is there are some nuances of Jesus Christ 
many of the things that he did and does and is doing would be appropriate for their teaching in the Tanakh, you know, in, in the, all of the Old Testament. But the, the things that are sticklers to them are uh, son of son of God. You know, they, their Messiah isn't really son of God, but he's here to do to carry forth a mission. And the the, the uh, Islam, I don't want to talk about that yet. We're setting the stage for that. But the, but the Christian's perspective of of Jesus Messiah, uh, it violates the Hebrew tradition. Why don't you tell a little bit more on how our Christian, uh, that's probably the wrong terminology, our New Testament Messiah violates some of the Hebrew perspectives and uh, maybe a lot of it is misunderstanding. Would you be so kind? Sure, sure. Uh, You know, in one sense, they kind of blend, and this is what can make it complicated. But, see, in Christianity, we see one Messiah coming two times, his first coming and his second coming. In the Jewish mind, they believe there's two Messiahs. Uh, There's a Messiah that uh, suffers, and then there's a Messiah that's a conquering king. Uh, And so we'll get into the Jewish Messiah mindset later, but the... In the Christian mindset, you know, if you go and you Google um, paintings of Jesus, you're going to see a white Jesus, a black Jesus, a Chinese Jesus, <laughs> a Hispanic Jesus. He won't even recognize his own baby pictures. you got Chinese <laughs> mother and child. Uh, you know, you have an Hispanic mother and child. We, uh, in Christianity, we keep trying to create God in our image rather than realizing, no, we were created in his image. We, we want to create a God that we can, uh, uh, you know, associate with. And so we all try to create him in our own image. Uh, and so, and that's part of the problem of what's happened over the last 2,000 years, even in art. For example, at the Last Supper, Leonardo da Vinci's famous painting, here it's known as the Feast of Unleavened Bread. They get all the leaven out of their house, and in Christian artwork, he's at the Last Supper holding a big loaf of bread in his hand. That's the last thing he'll be holding, <laughs> uh, you know. And he's got a pink robe on, you know. It's like, give me a break. And they're sitting at a table. They're not reclining on the floor. They would never sit at a table. They always recline. And then the painting gets daylight behind them. It's, it was dark. They had to wait till after sunset. Oh my. We try to create everything according to what we want it to be like rather than the authenticness of what it actually was. Let me ask you a question on a broad, kind of a broad perspective on this. Um, how dangerous is it? How much danger is there for we Gentile Christians to have preconceived notions about the Hebrew Messiah, Jesus himself? Uh, is that going to be a stumbling block to us in these last days? That's one of the things that really tugs at my heart, uh, Pastor Mark. And yeah. that, that is, we, we, we have these preconceived notions about what, Je- what Jesus does and who he is, and they really, in all honesty, do not align with the Hebrew Jesus. They do not even align with the Old Testament or what we would call the Tanakh, the Jesus of the, of the prophets and the Psalms and the law. Yeah, and, and it's because we fashion Jesus from a Greek Western mindset rather than allowing him to be who he was. And when you read, I mean, a lot of people wonder who the Antichrist is he going to be. Is he going to be some heathen? Is he going to be an, a Muslim? Is he going to be a Jew? Could he be a Christian? Well, uh, in uh, the in John, John's writings, he writes about there were many Antichrists, many Antichrists in his day, and he says they came out from among us. The Antichrist 
was from the believing multitudes. It was a fake believer. And we wouldn't be deceived by the Antichrist if we thought he was uh, not of our faith. The deception is going to come. He's going to profess to be a believer. That's why even Paul said uh, Satan's ministers are, he comes as an angel of light. They're ministers of righteousness. And so we're going to have uh, people who appear to be very righteous, professing uh, Christians, and yet they're so far from uh, what God's law established. Yes, and we've got about a minute left in this segment, and then we're going to dive into the rest. Uh, two segments, uh, uh, actually three segments gone in the first hour. Unbelievable. But we're gonna, may we dig a little bit further into this? I'd like to get some further uh, delineation between how the Hebrews embraced the coming Messiah and how we Christians sure. embraced the coming Messiah. We'll get into the Arabs and Islam uh, in another segment, but I, wa- I want to dig more deeply into this because sure. I was con- convicted and convinced my, my friends and uh, Pastor Mark that we Christians need to open our eyes to the Hebrew Messiah or else we're going to miss so many things and some of them could be life-threatening. And it it, it troubles my heart. That's one of the reasons I I was so thrilled about having Pastor Mark Biltz on with us. We're going to talk more about this as uh, uh, Pastor Mark Biltz of uh, El Shaddai Ministries and and Kaz Taylor come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Now more of Come Together San Diego. The new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Actually, here's Kaz Taylor and Pastor Mark Biltz, author of God's Daytimer, and also a wonderful book that he is, uh, has uh, distributed now. It's called The Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times, Pastor Mark Biltz. So, Mark, uh, a pleasure visiting with you. Hours go quickly when you're on the radio talking to somebody like Mark oh, sure Biltz. sure does. My, my, my. We were, we've been talking, my listening friend, about how the definition of the Messiah, or Mashiach, as they may say from the Hebrew tongue, uh, what, how they are similar and how they are different. We're starting out with the Christian mentality of the coming Mashiach and, 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 the, and the Hebrew mentality and seeing the similarities and differences and how maybe we Christians may get hung up or put ourselves in a position where we're inappropriately giving some character traits to the true Messiah that, uh, that shouldn't be there and we could uh, fall prey to the wiles of the enemy. Don't want to go there. Don't want to go there. So do uh, you want to make a comment before we dump in, uh, jump into some of these questions, sure. uh, Pastor Mark? Well, here's the thing. Everyone's looking for a King Solomon uh, type of guy with a lot of wisdom to solve all the problems in the Middle East. But King Solomon was a type of Antichrist, not Christ. And I know that comes as a shock to a lot of people, but they're going to find he was a kind of the lawless one uh, uh, that the, the Bible talks about. Yes, and he was identified, uh, you know, he, he, he was the first technical, literal son of David, and uh, that's dangerous, isn't it? I mean, because we, are, we see Jesus as son of David, and uh, 
there are some of the accolades that one would uh, give Solomon, you know, the wisdom and things like that, uh, that would put him up on a pedestal, but he didn't stay on that pedestal for very long, did he? He was responsible for the splitting of the uh, uh, the, the the ten and the two tribes and uh, going into captivity. So, I mean, there's so many different things that were identified with Solomon. He did start out on a good path, and he was uh, son of David, but uh, not to be compared with the son of David for whom we are looking, correct, Pastor Mark? Exactly. Solomon was the first king to start child sacrifice to the pagan god Molech. He it was, he sacrificed his own firstborn son. Uh, people don't realize that it. it's in the Bible. Uh, he started. He's the one who started child sacrifice. It continued for four hundred years, uh, and then in Kings it talks about uh, Josiah was the first king uh, to destroy all the altars. It says that Solomon had built. Why am I? May I ask you a question about this, though? So if, if this is the case with King Solomon, why do we revere the books that give him credit, his name credit, uh, you know, Song of Solomon, uh, Proverbs, and some of these wonderful books, Ecclesiastes and things like that? Why do we give them so much credit? It's easy to attach the praise that goes with the books to the author of the book. What, what do you recommend in that light? Well, I I think, first off, we have to realize God can and will use anyone and everyone. And Solomon, uh, you know, he started out okay, somewhat. But uh, when you read the book of Ecclesiastes, I ask your listeners to go to chapter 2. Every single verse begins uh, with I. Uh, Every verse is I, me, my, mine. And uh, the amazing thing is if there's anyone who achieved everything. I believe Solomon was like the ultimate narcissist. He had all the fame. He had all the power. He had all the wealth. And he declares in Ecclesiastes how he hated life. Everything he did was vain because he had to leave it to someone else. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he had everything. And and he was all upset that he had to leave it to someone else. Uh, It's it's amazing. Let me ask you a question regarding uh, our... expectation of the coming Messiah and the, and the Jews or the Hebrews expectation of the coming Messiah as well. It seems to me with what you've presented there that someone who has a Solomon mentality that uh, appears in these last days, we might have a tendency to go, oh, how wonderful, how great our Messiah has come. I mean, I'm telling you from a Christian standpoint, uh, you see things, you know, the wisdom of Solomon uh, was pretty amazing and, uh, it caused a lot of people to embrace the Hebrew kingdom. Uh, are you saying that the Antichrist is going to have some level of that wisdom as well, that it's going to cause us to fall prey to the Antichrist uh, strategies? And, and how about the Jews? The Jews also, when they see uh, someone espousing a Solomon-like uh, posture, how tempting would that be to go, this is the one we've been waiting for, and how about we believers in the Lord Jesus Christ? This person is the one we've been waiting for. That really concerns my heart. Pastor Mark, you want to speak to that? Sure, because if you read in Ezekiel, Satan is described as someone who's wiser than everybody. Wisdom doesn't cut it. Uh, It's obedience that God is looking for. And uh, I think that is the key. Solomon, if we look at his wisdom, the, the one thing he's noted for is wanting to cut the baby in half. Well, I tell you what, the Antichrist, we know Israel is God's son, and I believe the Antichrist is going to try to come up with a solution to cut the baby in half, create oh two states. Uh, 
And uh, Solomon was even an arms merchant. He bought the modern-day tank, horses and chariots from Egypt, and it says he sold them to the enemy, to the Hittites. My, my. I mean, uh, it, it is just amazing when you actually go through the Bible in detail, everything that he did. And I'm afraid that Christians are going to be looking for someone who professes to be a Christian, but they're lawless. And uh, I use the term legalized lawlessness. We live in a society where we think if we just legalize it, it's okay. Let's legalize drugs. Let's legalize abortion. Let's legalize gay marriage. And by legalizing, that makes it okay. And and that's the mentality that Christians uh, are going with. Yes. Your phraseology about cutting the baby in half, that was the Solomon wisdom. It just strikes me as we look back at the church age, the early church age, there was a point where the Jew and Gentile were in harmony with one another in the early New Testament church. And then uh, the Antichrist spirit came and what happened? Cut the baby in half. In a manner of speaking, the Jew was separated from the from the Christian I believer, and vice versa. We we literally had the solemn wisdom, Solomon wisdom. Let's cut the baby in half. And the, the truth of the matter is, uh, we fell for it. And uh, and and that same that same spirit. Uh, we talk about the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, but the same spirit was the spirit of Antichrist then, is the spirit of Antichrist now and in the future. Ecclesiastes, I think chapter 1-9, that which was, is, yeah. and that which is, will be. We, my friends, need to listen to the, the truths that were spread in Scripture from Old Testament, uh, from the, the law, the prophets, and the Psalms in the, into the New Testament. We need to be aware, lest we're going to be caught off guard. And Pastor Mark, I know this is really your heart. You want people to get it. And what what, what it talks about in uh, Matthew uh, um, 25 about the wise and the foolish virgins. My friends, it's time to buy the oil now and not be confused and wait. Would you speak a little bit about that, Pastor Mark? Sure. And and I think it goes back to the chapter right before Matthew 24. Everyone knows Matthew 24 is an end time chapter. And see, then it leads into Matthew 25 with the wise and foolish virgins. Well, most Christians, because they cut themselves off from their Jewish roots, don't realize Matthew 24 is Hanukkah happening all over again. And so there and many people are familiar with Esther and the book of Purim. I believe the events of Purim and Hanukkah both are going to happen again. And if we're not familiar, we're going to be deceived. See, Purim with Esther and Haman, it was all about annihilation. Just kill all the Jews. Well, Hitler was a type of Haman. Well, what follows Purim is Hanukkah and Antiochus Epiphanes. And for him, it wasn't about annihilation. It was about assimilation. And that's where the church is at today. We're being assimilated. You have Chrislam, Christianity and Islam coming together. You have this merging of of religions. And uh, that's the problem is we're going to be able to keep our Jesus. We just have to worship this other God, universal God. And we think we'll be okay because we've got Jesus in our pocket. We'll pull him out when we need him. Oh, my. Oh, my, my. You know, my my listening friend, this has been, the more I've been digging into decoding the Antichrist and the end times, the more I've been digging into the Tanakh, you know, the the, the Old Testament, the the book of the Psalms and the book of the law and the books of the prophet, prophets, I, I go, 
we're, we could be in for a major surprise and it could be have eternal consequences if we don't really understand who the true Messiah is. And Mark Biltz has been uh, devoting much of his time to be able to communicate those truths to us. Uh, his book, Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times. Once again, how does one get a hold of that book, Pastor Mark? Uh, they can go to, they can Google my name, Mark Biltz, go to our website, lcdiministries.us, uh, and they can get the book from us, or they can go to Amazon as well and get it. Very good. We're going to spend some more time digging into this. I think we're going to spend another segment or two talking about the the Hebrew Messiah and the Christian Messiah, the common denominators which we need to embrace, and the danger points where we may be misunderstanding things. Because in my estimation, we are in the last of the last of the last days, and we need to get it right uh, or great peril. And so uh, would you mind staying with us for the remainder of this hour and the next hour as well to talk more about this? I know it's your heart cry too, Pastor Mark. Amen. Okay. My listening friend, I hope we've wet wet, uh, your appetite and set the table for you. We're going to be digging more deeply into these truths of God from a Hebrew perspective. Some things that you perhaps haven't heard before, but you need to hear because we need to be ready for these times that are coming upon us. Pastor Mark Biltz and Kaz Taylor will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos Poway, and K29CR Encinitas. FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego. K-Praise. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Cash Taylor on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. I'll tell the world, world, world. And I'm back with uh, a favorite guest, Mark Biltz, uh, author of Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times. Uh, he, he, he writes about the blood moons. And one of my other favorite books is called uh, God's Daytimer which details the feasts and festivals. And we get to realize that, that God's truth is, uh, uh, I think he, in, in a conversation I had with him before, uh, somebody else, but it's true, that the, the, these feasts and festivals had been dress rehearsals that had been go- going on for, for uh, actually uh, thousands and hundreds of years from a Jewish perspective. And there's a point where the dress rehearsal is no longer a dress rehearsal. And we've got the big one coming up. It's a Feast of Tabernacles, which the Jews are embracing as a dress rehearsal, which the Christians are embracing as a dress rehearsal, which is not going to be a dress rehearsal for much longer. So, uh, Pastor Mark, I'm so thrilled to have you uh, with us. And I kind of went on a little rabbit trail there, but this is really my heart cry is we, we want to get it right. And uh, uh, the feasts and festivals, and I'm not, I don't want to delve too much into the feasts and festivals, uh, at least in these, these next few segments, but th- there are nuggets there to help us understand uh, about the Jew, about the Gentile, about the Antichrist. I mean, the, the feasts and festivals, if you look at them, it's, uh, many of the truths are encoded there as well, are they not? Oh, totally, completely, completely. They're they're all there. The spring feasts were all fulfilled to the day of Messiah's coming. He literally died on Passover. Okay, <laughs> he he was buried on the leavened bread, rose on first fruits. The spirit was poured out on Shabbat or Pentecost 
on Shabbat. And so if the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever, if he fulfilled the spring feast to the day of his first coming, he'll fulfill the fall feast to the day of his second coming. And unless Christians get on God's calendar, they're not going to be aware when the event happens. Yes, and uh, we know that the the serious Hebrews, the, the Jews that are of the Orthodox or ultra-Orthodox faith, or, and many of the other Jews that are in Israel, if, if they haven't dug deeply into those things, at least they, many of them have a working knowledge of the feasts and festivals, and so they have a working knowledge of what we, they would call the dress rehearsal. And as, as Pastor Mark said, two of the three, the three feasts I'm, I'm, uh, in the... Passover, there, you know, there's unleavened bread and first fruits and things like that. But I'm just talking about Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. I'm just identifying the, those as the three. The first two of those three have been fulfilled, and we Christians know about that. It was filled through, fulfilled through Jesus Christ and the birth of his church. The Jews don't get that. They're still doing the dress rehearsal, there's going to come a time where the eyes are going to be open. They're going, oh, it's not dress rehearsal anymore. That really has happened. That's going to bring a lot of a lot of Jews to the Lord and Savior, is it not, Pastor Mark? Oh, I think so. And I think it's going to bring a lot of understanding to Christianity. Because the Bible says in the New Testament, we see through a glass darkly. We only know in part. So we can't get all egotistical and think we know it all. And then Romans 11, it says the Jews are only blinded in part. So they're not totally blind. They see a lot of things that the Christians don't see. Yes. So the way I see it, the first group to humble themselves and look out of the other lands gets to see the whole picture. <laughs> so you too, my friend, can be the first one to see the full picture. No, I'm just kidding. But it's true. We've been given the goods. The, the Jews have been given these dress rehearsals that are burgeoning with the character of God, which are burgeoning with the actual character of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. But their their eyes have been blinded. And part of that blinding that God has done for the, the Hebrews is uh, uh, to help we Gentiles enter in as a grafted in olive branch. So a lot of this is because of God's grace to bring to enlarge his family. So my listening friend, we need to be aware of what God is doing with the Hebrews and with the Christians as well, because he wants this one new man, doesn't he, Pastor Mark? Uh, he sure does. And I think it's in Isaiah 25. It says God's going to remove the, the cover over all nations. And I think all nations uh, see through a glass darkly. Uh, but we're all going to see clearly very soon. Let's talk about how the Jews uh, are looking for Mashiach. Uh, sure. and, and one of the things that captivated me in your book, and I asked the same questions of my uh, Orthodox friends in Israel, but uh, they're looking for, and you mentioned it earlier on in the show, Mashiach ben Joseph and Mashiach ben David. And those are two different categories. In their minds, they see a suffering Messiah and they see a victorious Messiah. Joseph represents, you know, the one who was thrown in the, in the, in the ditch and the brothers uh, abandoned him. Uh, and then the other Messiah that they're identifying with is the Messiah Ben David, as in King David, a mighty, victorious king. They do not realize that uh, the suffering Jesus uh, and the son of David Messiah uh, is the same person. And so when they get that exactly. revelation, it's going to blow their mind. But we don't have that revelation ourselves. Many of us. <laughs> Yeah, to a large extent. And, and I'd like to say how, remember how Joseph's brothers, since you brought him up, they didn't recognize him? Well, how come his brothers didn't recognize him when he was in Egypt? 
okay? He looked Egyptian. He spoke <laughs> Egyptian. And then Christians wonder why the Jews don't recognize Jesus today. Well, we're representing an Egyptian Jesus. We got a white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus <laughs> who threw out the Bible and started something completely different. Uh, and then we wonder why they don't recognize him. We even changed his name. You know, we changed his ethnicity. We, uh, it's like, well, no wonder they can't recognize him. Yes. And some of the things, and, and that's very valid for us as, as, as Christians to realize some of our preconceived notions about Jesus. We need to step away from those things and see the, uh, the Messiah from Hebrew eyes. One of the things yeah. that I want to talk with you a little bit about is a, a, diff, a major differentiation between the Jews' pursuit of the coming Messiah sure. and we Christians, and that is uh, they do not embrace the whole resurrection of the dead thing, the actual literal Son of God thing that Jesus is. How are they going to reconcile those things? And I mentioned to you off the air when the, the, the Jews really have an aversion, and understandably so, for Jesus being the Son of God. What is that about? How can how can this be? Or, you know, uh, he's in the image of God. There's supposed to be nothing in the image of God. And that you're saying Jesus is in the image of God. How dare you is the Hebrew mindset. So help us reconcile that, Pastor. Sure. Well, in one sense, we're, all of mankind is created in the image of God in one sense. Now, they, they believe their Messiah is not going to be God. Their Messiah is just going to be um, a human like everyone else. But he brings God down to earth in the sense of uh, the Torah going to all the nations. The reason why they don't believe Jesus was the Messiah, because in their mind, uh, the Messiah was supposed to restore Israel. Jerusalem was supposed to become the capital of the world. You know, uh, the temple was to be built. Uh, but what do we find? The Jews were to be gathered. But after Jesus died, okay, the temple was destroyed, the Jews are scattered, the Torah was thrown out. So how could he have been the Messiah that the Old Testament talks about? Yes. Because they saw, they saw two Messiahs. One, as you said, was a humble, suffering servant, because they read Zechariah where it talks about he will come lowly sitting on a donkey. Okay, but then they also read in Daniel, in Daniel about uh, the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven. And so they thought, well, how could the Messiah uh, come humbly on a donkey, but also come with the clouds of heaven and rule and reign? So they decided, well, there must be two different messiahs. <laughs> you know, we see hindsight 2020 that that's the reason why. Yes. But that's why the Jews don't believe in Jesus, because he didn't fulfill any of the future promises. Yeah, the the coming Israel. king. And you, you, yeah. look, you look at it, and the disciples were... Uh, over overwhelmed by that question too, as far as uh, when are you going to come and restore the kingdom? When are you coming and just restoring the kingdom? But the, the first part is what he did the first time through, and that was be the suffering, the, the suffering Messiah. Uh, and and can you, yes, and can you imagine what they felt like forty years later? Here they were wondering when he's going to restore the kingdom. Uh, he died, but as far as they're concerned, he left. You know, in 70 AD, the temple's destroyed, the Jews are scattered. Uh, they really were wondering, where is he? Yes. You know, little did they know it'd be 2,000 more years. Yes. And my listening friend, let me bring this to your recollection. Now is the 2,000 more years that Pastor Mark is talking about. So things are uh, boiling right now, and some things that have been buried in Scripture in the past must not be remain buried for us to comprehend what God is in the process of doing in these last days. We're going to talk a little bit more about this, and then we're going to dive into what I think to be a, a vital topic as well, the Muslims' 
the Islamic uh, perception of things. It's going to answer your questions a lot about uh, uh, where the United States is. You're going to see remnants of that or uh, illustrations of that happening in America and in Israel. But also we want to talk a little bit more, Pastor Mark, about the, the one new man, the Jew and Gentile, and what God is doing to bring us together. Uh, you know, the Islam, Islam and uh, Muslims see uh, the Jew and the Christian and, or Israel and the United States as little Satan, Israel, and the big Satan, United States. There are so many things tying in here. We're gonna, I'm going to ask Pastor Mark in the coming segments to talk further about this. Uh, but in the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about the common denominators of the, the Jew and the Gentile and how God is knitting us together, even beyond our recollection, beyond our imagination, and get ready to be surprised because God's got a big surprise in store for us. So Pastor Mark and Kaz will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. And Kaz here with uh, Pastor Mark Biltz, author of Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times. Uh, what a remarkable man. And... Uh, he has a real heart for the Tanakh, as, as it's called uh, in the Hebrew Jewish perspective, the Tanakh, the first books, the Old Testament of the Bible. And we call it, we Gentiles call it the, uh, the Old Testament. And uh, there's some depth there that we don't, uh, we don't, uh, uh, we don't dig out like we should uh, to help us comprehend the plan that God has for bringing the Jew and the Gentile together. Pastor Mark, uh, I, I would like to spend this this segment uh, talking a little bit more about how the Lord's planning to bring Jew and Gentile together in these last days, because this is really, really vital. And if we start going down the wrong paths, we'll find ourselves embracing uh, the Antichrist strategy rather than the Lord's strategy. And it's, it's a vital time right now that we open our eyes and uh, comprehend these things. Would would you be so kind as to kind of set the stage here for uh, God's plan to bring the Jew and Gentile back, the, as Romans and elsewhere talks about this one new man in Messiah? Yes, and what's fascinating regarding another point we talked about uh, during the break, uh, you have a husband and wife, two people become one. They're still two people, but they become one. And here we have Jew and Gentile, two different groups becoming one. So one, in Hebrew, there's different words for one. Uh, the first word is ahat, which means the number one. But the other word is echad, which means a compound unity. And so, like, you can have one bunch of bananas with three bananas, but it's one bunch. And uh, in the Bible, it just so happens today uh, is the very day the greatest commandment is read in every synagogue around the world, to love the Lord your God. And it begins with how, hero Israel, the Lord your God, your, the Lord is one. But in Hebrew, the word one there isn't a hot singular one. It's a hot. It's a compound unity. So are you saying this kind of like saying, uh, this is really a, a bad stretch in many ways, but it helps me comprehend what, what you're saying is it's not the banana, but it's the bunch of bananas is one. It's one bunch, right. <laughs> okay, I got it. So when we, we talk about uh, the, 
God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are one. It's it's more like the bunch of bananas rather than a singular banana. I, I forgive me for this yes. rude, rude yes. analogy, but it no, helps me no, comprehend. that's a great analogy. There is there's a thought in Christianity called modalism, and that means that Jesus is the Father, and when He was on the cross, He was throwing His voice and then answering it back and forth. Okay, when God is one, it, it doesn't mean as far as modalism. You have three different entities: the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There are three distinct entities, but they are one God. So how does this relate to the Hebrew mentality? Do they have to rethink this as well? Because they have the original Hebrew on this, and so they, they should understand this, what do you call it, the modality, or they shouldn't they? And But this is one of the main, main stumbling stones for them to receive Jesus uh, as part of this one God. Talk to that. Well, uh, the... Yes, and in one sense, the Jews do have what's uh, in their language the Ruach Hakodesh or the Holy Spirit. Okay, so they kind of see uh, both of the Father and the Holy Spirit, and you know they may even have a hard time trying to describe that. But in Psalms and in Proverbs, it talks about the Son, uh, and so even in their text, when you bring up that, they kind of tend to think it's Israel, but it can't to be, uh, even though Israel is God's son, it refers uh, definitively back to uh, the son being deity. And so it's, uh, it's, it's quite, you know, kind of interesting to sit down and, and talk to Orthodox Jews about it. Now, there's a way to do that without making them think that you're telling them what to do or what to think. And I, you, I, I have to tell you, my listening friend, this man uh, it has the the heart for this. Uh, I had an opportunity. Uh, there was a Rosh Kadesh Av, which is the head of the year in the uh, the head of the month of Av, that he had a Rabbi uh, Itzchak uh, um, Shapira with him, and I consumed that that podcast. And some of the things that uh, the the Rabbi said was Mark Biltz has an ability to come to the Orthodox Jew. Even maybe even the ultra orthodox Jew and messianic Jew and uh, the Christian and be able to bring them together in a way that is not offensive, but everybody goes, you know, it's like they're hitting their head going, I should have known about that. Uh, and uh, I have observed some of the things. I think it was in Colombia where where you you guys had had some things going on, and I think you brought one uh, one or two uh, orthodox Jews in, and they were saying, no no no, w- 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 the messianic Jews and the orthodox Jews were 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 Jews, we're all Jews. I mean, to me that was a revolutionary uh, statement that that they made, and I'm seeing things beginning to happen in the entire collect the Hebrew collective, if you will. Uh, and Pastor Mark, I have to give you honor and respect that you are one of the people that God is using to knit these things together, not only in the Hebrew perspective, but also the Gentile perspective. So uh, high high honors to you, sir. Well, thank you. I just want to bring the Jew and the Gentile together, and it can be done without arguing. I mean, so often we feel like we're in some big debate. I'm right, you're wrong, let's arm wrestle. 
oh my goodness, that's unnecessary. Uh, what's helped me is I learned how the Jews think. I, I took the time to uh, honor them in one sense. So when they talk to me, I speak to them in, in one sense, in their own language, in their own way of thinking. Uh, and it's not put out as, I'm right, you're wrong. It's put out as, hey, let's look at this from the Hebrew, and I'll bring things out. Yes. I had a, a, an Orthodox rabbi, believe it or not, spent the night at my house for several nights, uh, several days. And we would sit down at the kitchen table and discuss things. Now, how many Christians, uh, pastors, can have an Orthodox rabbi, you know, sit in their house and discuss? And we we never argued or anything. We we had a great time. And uh, he would probably say, maybe in closed doors, the man uh, has a real heart that I, I'm drawn to, and you would say the same thing. And this is a common denominator that I think we Christians, we can't go and say, get on your knees and receive the Lord Jesus Christ or you will go to hell. I mean, those are the, it's, it's the wrong tact. <laughs> oh, my God. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and when you think about it, at the Holocaust, a lot of people say, you know, well, hey, Christians were the ones throwing you in the ovens. And then, well, they aren't real Christians. They weren't real. The Nazis weren't real Christians. You know, hey, they're singing Christmas carols. And it's the same thing happened in the, about the year 1000. It was the Christians who threw every Jew, man, woman and child in a synagogue, set it on fire and killing all the women and children and men while they would march around singing Christ, we adore thee, yes. you know. And then people say, well, they weren't Christians. Well, how would you like uh, people to say, well, the Muslims today that are terrorists aren't real Muslims? You know, I mean, hey, you can look at it both ways. Yes. Uh, but, you know, here these Jews, they're they're singing the great, greatest commandment while they're being thrown in the fire. You know, they're saying, you know, hey, the Lord, we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul and strength. And the Christians are throwing you in the fire, you know. And so when we come to talk to the Jewish people, that's their greatest fear. What are we going to do to them? Yes. And I believe we need to repent as Christians uh, of the sins of our fathers. And when they and when they know we understand the depth of the pain and how we're sorry, then they will be open to listen. Yes. One of the most poignant portions of a podcast, and I don't remember which one it was. It could have been the Columbia or it could have been in a, in a recent podcast where you were talking about the month of off. But one of the most poignant times was when you were at the microphone talking to the Hebrews and you personally said, we have made big mistakes and I, and I take the blame for it and I humbly apologize. I think maybe that was one of the key elements that many of the Orthodox Jews said, we need to rethink this, you know, I mean, because uh, um, the Christians are coming hat in hand and saying, we want to be a partner with you. Let me tell you something that happened with me recently, and I want you to give input to this. We've got about a minute and a half in this segment. I'm working with some Orthodox Jews in in uh, Israel right now, and I made a comment to them the last time I was there, and it was with, with one individual in particular. And I said, I want you to see me as Ruth to your Boaz. And I said, let me give you this. I'm going to give you a variation of this. And I said, in to this, to this Orthodox Jew, I said, entreat me not to leave you or to refrain from following after you. You, you. If you're familiar with the book of Ruth, you will be familiar with this. Or to refrain from following after you. Where you go, I will go. Where you dwell, I will dwell. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And I said, I want to add this to it. And this is what I want your comment on, Pastor Mark. I said, and your true Messiah will be my true Messiah. 
And this person was just flabbergasted that I, my heart cry was to, uh, you know, I'm looking for truth. They're looking for truth. And if we have that as our common denominator, we'll be on, walking on the same path. Would you like to speak just a little bit to that? Well, I, I think that's exactly right. I think the verse even goes on to say, and where you die, I will yes. die. In other words, I'm all in. I am <laughs> all in. And here's the thing. Ruth and Orpah were Gentiles. Yes. So Ruth and Orpah, as brides to Israel, represented the one new man in the sense of the Gentiles being grafted into Israel. My, my. So Ruth and Orpah represent the church being grafted into Israel. Okay, but what happened? This is so prophetically huge. I hope your listeners get this. What happened was when uh, Naomi was coming back to Israel, she told both Ruth and Orpah, go back to your country and go back to your pagan gods. And that's when Ruth said what she said. No, no, no. Your God is my God. Now, Orpah gave Naomi a kiss and then went back to her pagan gods. Now, do you know what Ruth's name means in Hebrew? Tell us. Friend. She became a friend to the Jew. She works the harvest from the barley to the wheat, from Passover to Pentecost. And Ruth ends up being the the mother of the Messiah through King David. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Now, Orpah, guess what her name means? To turn your back on. Oh, my. Orpah turned her back on Israel and went back to her pagan god. Well, because Ruth and Orpah represent the church, there's a dividing line coming into the church of those who will befriend Israel, work the harvest, and bring forth the Messiah versus those who will turn their back on Israel and go join a one-world government with pagan gods. That's right. My friend, I'm glad that uh, Pastor Mark said this because that's going to be the subject for our next segment about uh, Christians— quote unquote, I use the word in quote, uh, that embrace Israel and embrace uh, the, the, you know, like Ruth and Boaz, there are going to be those who embrace that. And there are those who will incline themselves in a completely other direction and are in danger of making a major eternal miscue. And we want to talk about that. And I think as we talk about this in the next segment, we're going to talk about things that are going on in the Muslim world, the world of Islam, the world of Christendom, if you will, the world of Hebrew and Jewish people. You're going to be amazed as you see the delineation become more and more clear in these last days. So, Pastor Mark, thanks for being with me so far, and thanks for sticking around for the last half hour. Pastor Mark Bills, what a pleasure. My listening friend, we'll be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Welcome to Recreational Music Center, San Diego's nonprofit community music school. Come join our fun with our early childhood program that offers interactive classes for children ages 0 to 5 with their parents or caregivers as we instill the foundation for the love of music in preparation for enrollment in our innovative private and group lessons for all ages, all instruments, and all levels. 
RMC's faculty consists of graduates from prestigious music programs. Our student bands learn valuable teamwork skills through annual community performance opportunities. Our group classes are an affordable way for kids and adults to learn a new skill. And our unique summer camps are sure to unleash your child's inner rock star. Our goal at Recreational Music Center is to impart the joy and passion of music making for everyone. Let us help you start your musical journey today. For details, rmcsandiego.org. rmcsandiego.org. Hi, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'd like to personally invite you to join me August 30th to September 6th, 2020, for a week of Christian fellowship and a newfound appreciation for God's creation. Call 855-565-5519 to join us, or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. For more information and to book your trip today, visit kprz.com and search keyword Alaska. That's kprz.com, keyword Alaska. This is Ambassador Elisa. And I'm Minister Charles. The host of Reaching Out Radio, where God comes first. We are here every week to talk, teach, and to share all about the glory of God. You can always reach out to us on our website at reachingoutproductions.com. There you can send us prayer requests, suggest a show topic. Or just say hello. Again, this is Reaching Out Radio, where where God God comes first. Don't miss Reaching Out Radio, Saturday evenings at 10, only on K-Praise. This is Judy Ross, co-pastor of Cloud9 Worship Center. San Diego, I am declaring over you, you are the southwest gate of this nation. And through you will pour abundance and greatness and the glory of God. That's what you were created for. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. This is Kaz, Come Together San Diego, and we're back. When I say we, I'm talking about Pastor Mark Biltz uh, of Al Shaddai Ministries in uh, Washington State, somewhere somewhere in a place called uh, Seattle, Tacoma-ish, the ISH. Uh, uh, and he is a man after God's own heart, like I, I think you're beginning to see his heart cry for Israel, his heart cry for Christians and all Humanoids. <laughs> so, Pastor Mark, you know, as as I look at the Middle East, I, I know that there are at least three religions that are really looking for the uh, return of Messiah. It's just the definition of Messiah is a little skewed from each perspective. You know, my listening friend, we talked about the the Jew and the Gentile view, viewpoints already. I want to bring a third component in here and uh, have Pastor Mark speak to this because your comprehension, my listening friend, of what this looks like may help you with insurmountable grief in the future, insurmountable misunderstanding. Scripture says if it's possible that the enemy will uh, deceive even the elect. And this is one of those things that there's a high high level of deception in, and it has to do with uh, the uh, Muslim uh, perspective on Messiah and how we Christians might get certain elements wrong. I'm going to hand it over to you, Pastor Mark, and lay it on us. Well, thank you. Well, I just want to also tie in one thing from the last segment. We know Ruth beget David, 
Okay. Well, guess what? Orpah begat Goliath. And the battle between David and Goliath is going to be the same repeat at the end, where the last end, uh, again, the prophetic church being split between those who support Israel and those who are against Israel. Uh, and so many of your listeners may have not known that Orpah begat Goliath. So are you saying that the, that the component of the church that disavows Israel is in danger? And if so, how so? Uh, well, they're they're gonna if they joined this one world religion church, they're gonna be like the take the role of Goliath and be destroyed. My my, are you letting this sink in, my listening friend? We're in vital times, and you know, as the scripture says, if it will be possible, uh, the enemy could even deceive the very elect. And so, my listening friend, this is time to wake up and 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 the scripture uses in the analogy buy the oil now be the wise virgin and so that's my proclamation oftentimes no matter what church denomination you're hanging around in you need to understand that uh, the 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 deception is going to be so tempting in these last days it's going to be very difficult and this whole idea of some of the things that are going on in the islam religion and the uh, Messiah for whom they await uh, is mind-boggling, especially because some of the things that they're awaiting for may be things that we may be uh, have bought into some fake news and are awaiting for ourselves. Speak, <laughs> speak to this, would you, Pastor Mark? Yeah, well, here's the thing. In Islam, they believe Jesus returns. They believe in Jesus is part of their end-time view. They not only have an antichrist, they have a beast that rises out of the earth. They believe in the Gog-Magog war at the end. They have cities of refuge where you can go and be protected. Uh, so, I mean, their antichrist is known as the Dajjal, and uh, he's the one uh, that's going to try to deceive everybody. But what's amazing is in Islam, they believe two different Jesus come, okay? And guess how they know the difference between the real Jesus and the fake Jesus? The fake Jesus loves the Jewish people. So any fake Jesus who comes and loves the Jewish people, they know he can't be the real Jesus because the real Jesus hates them. And their real Jesus is... Is the Antichrist? My goodness! Exactly, exactly. And they uh, they don't they believe not only does Jesus return the real Jesus in their mind, uh, but he's only around for a few years and then he dies. You know, uh, and he's, his whole goal of coming is to convert Christians and Jews to Islam. You know, so it's it's a totally uh, you know way out there theology. It is, but uh, you it is being masked. And uh, uh, it's being presented in a false light. And a lot of this theology are things that we may have a tendency to believe in as Christians. I mean, uh, uh, this whole, you know, the the BDS, uh, the boycott, yeah. um, divest, divest and, and uh, sanction yeah. against Israel. A lot of people are buying into this thing because, oh, it's not fair for the Israelis to uh, deny the Palestinians uh, of food and uh, you know and different and various different things and the onus is being put on the blame is being put on Israel and it's really 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 easy to buy into that even if you're a Christian and th- there's big yellow lights flashing isn't there Pastor Mark 
Oh, my goodness, yes. Most Christians are clueless when it comes to understand what is really going on in the Middle East, but it's because of the fake news and believing the fake news. I I go to Israel every single year. I lead tours to Israel. And I'll never forget one time when there were rockets from Gaza that were being shot into Israel. The Israelis love the Palestinians. It's the leadership that give them uh, so much problem, the Palestinian leadership. Here, Israel, uh, during this war, would drop leaflets saying, hey, we're going to bomb this building because this building is you know, shooting missiles at us. They even called all the cell phones of the Palestinians saying, get away from this building. We're going to bomb it. Uh, but then the Palestinian leaders forced pil- children and people to stand on the roof. You know, uh, putting them in harm's way. But the incident I'm talking about, though, is Hamas blew up basically their own power station almost or cut off power. So everyone in the Gaza Strip didn't have power. Well, Israel supplies electricity to Gaza. Yes. All right. And and Gaza's way behind on paying the electricity bill by billions of dollars. (laughs) You would think if if you're being under attack, you'd let the power go out. But Israel wants to restore the power to the Palestinians while they're being shot at from them. Yes. And they have to have their Israeli electric company is trying to fix the power line to give the Palestinians electricity. But they have to have these huge concrete walls protecting them because Hamas is trying to kill them while they're trying to give Hamas power back. I mean, it is just insane. And then, you know what, my listening friend, what you're hearing Pastor Mark say, if you were discerning, you would realize that similar things are going on in the United States of America. So, Mark, can we spend the, ne- the next segment, the last segment of the show, speaking about some of the maladies that, are be- that Israel is facing are similar maladies to what we are facing in the United States and how those can be circumvented by a, an aware Christian church? Can we talk a little sure. bit about that in the next segment? My listening friends, we're, we're coming down to it. We're in vital, vital times, and you need to comprehend what God is doing but you also need to comprehend what the God of this age is doing. So, Mark uh, Biltz, would you uh, spend some time with me deciphering this in the last segment? You bet. Okay, my listening friend, guess what? Pastor Mark Biltz and Kaz are going to be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. He's the author of Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times, a wonderful book. And, you know, I, 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 in my, I had this delusions of grandeur that I wanted to go through his book today on this two-hour broadcast, and I probably got to maybe three pages <laughs> of your book, Pastor Mark, because they're, they're so so deep, so so vital, uh, and and so uh, maybe some other time we can have you come back and you can share more about it. But I can tell you something, my listening friend, the the things that he's uh, encapsulated in this book, decoding the Antichrist and the end times, are, are food for you and I today because we're entering into very very vital times. Pa- Pastor Mark, one of the things that uh, I mentioned in the last segment I would like to spend this segment closing out, and that is we drew a parallel between the United States and Israel. You know, the um, some Islamic 
individuals would identify Israel as the little Satan and the United States as the big Satan. That's pretty common, uh, uh, common truth. Everybody, many people will uh, know those comments. But the truth of the matter is, Satan has identified identified Israel and um, and the United States as the villain and doing all they can to cast. Uh, the villainous light on Israel and the United States. But you're also seeing this not only happening from uh, people outside of the United States, outside of Israel, but actually within Israel and within the United States. You see it right now. You can turn on the news and a big chunk, a high percentage of the news is really dealing with this. In a, sometimes it's masked and sometimes it's not masked. You can see it in the elections. You can see it in the fake news. You can see it by the Israel haters. You can see that this by the United States haters actually in our own countries. Would you speak to this, uh, Pastor Mark? And also, we want this to be an eye-opening experience for our listeners. So at the end of this discussion, they can come up with some solutions for this that are going to keep them on the right path. Okay, so define for me a little bit more, Kaz, exactly what you want me to hit. Uh, uh, is it like the BDS movement, or what Where? What direction do you want me to go? Well, I can see, even in the Congress of the United States, I can see differentiations happening there that are dividing uh, the United States against Israel. Uh, BDS is one of them for sure, but also a lot of these other things, you know, even the whole, whole uh, a woman has a right to her own body issue. I mean, you don't have to dig too deeply to realize there's uh, the spirit of Antichrist on one side and the spirit of Christ on the other side. Or even, you know, uh, I believe in I believe in uh, um, uh, global warming and cooling, but I don't believe so much in man-made global warming and cooling uh, so much. I mean, there are different you can di- different strike points that you can talk about in this, but we're so infected in the United States and even in Israel with the elections and everything else that that the tendency would be to you know embrace the wrong side of this and wake up to realize you're on the wrong side of history that's so important because here's the thing we're changing definitions for example we're calling evil good and good evil and that's prophetic of our times. Uh, at our morning service today, I talked about how the education system is now saying if you only get half the answers right, that's now an A. And if you get 40% right, that's a B. If you only get 30% right, that's a C. 20% is a D. And then they get rid of F. It's now an E, you know, if you get less. But My. an A becomes getting only half the answers right. So the problem that we have to Day, we're changing the definitions, and that's why it's so important that we really understand what a person means by their team terms before we really can accurately engage in a conversation. So I'm a I'm a Christian, and I've heard this show. I've heard, I've listened to all the all nearly two hours of this show, and I've gotten so many different facts that I'm trying to catalog and deal with them <clears throat> rightfully. Uh, but where do I go from here? What what do I need to know to make the right decisions? What do I need to know about what's going on in America? What do I need to know what's going on in Israel? What do I need to know that's going on in the church? Uh, and what do I need to know what's going on in the uh, the you know the 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 Hebrew uh, religion? Sure. Well, you know, the thing is this, the Bible talks about in the last days, there's a prophecy that there will be a famine, but the famine is going to be of hearing the word of the Lord. 
okay? And I believe that is the time where we are in. Uh, I love the body of Messiah. I love the church. My prayer is for the church. But what I see happening all too often is they milk, it's all milk and cookies. They dumb everything down. These new, uh, or these churches that are all, um, oh, what's I can't think of the term offhand, but they're all trying to reach the lost in the, in the sense, but they're not discipling the believers. Like so user-friendly, or is that what the Yeah, friend? that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, very, very seeker-friendly churches. And so what happens, the, the person who's been saved for 30 years has to get saved every weekend. That's all they hear is the salvation message. They don't have a chance to grow. And the Bible says the problem is you're still on milk. You need to be on meat, and you need to be teaching others. But uh, there's so much sugar and cookies, milk and cookies, that is given in the church. There's no meat and potatoes. There, there's no solid food. You know, and so we need to, uh, I, I believe we need to go find a place that is really teaching the Word of God. That's what's important. So what? So what's going to be the trigger to make, uh, you know, like, for example, 9-11 was a trigger to get people back into churches for a season. Is there going to be a trigger that forces we Christians to say, you know, I, I need to dig more deeply into this because this is, is has eternal consequences tied to it. I mean, do you think that we, we need a trigger or is it just going to be our own recognizance to be able to do this? Uh, where are where? How do we get how do we get there? What's it going to take for us to get there so we can be the wise virgin instead of the foolish virgin? Yeah, we're all like the the proverbial frog in the boiling pot and not realizing it. But I think there'll definitely be a trigger uh, because that's what people need. You don't seek God when everything's going good. People only seek God when things go bad. So God has to turn things on. It's always best if, if we do it beforehand. Like the Bible says, it's better that we fall on the rock than the rock falls on us. Uh, but I'm afraid this world is going to come to a point where, where the Bible says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And whatever remains is what remains. And so what we need to be doing right now is clinging or cleaving to God with everything that we have, pursuing Him, seeking Him with everything we got. Uh, the problem is we live too much for ourselves. Uh, we're not living for Him. We we like it. we pull Jesus out of our pocket when we need Him, and then we cry out, and then when He solves the problem, we put Him away, put Him on the shelf, and we never talk to Him again until we need Him again. And that's what's so sad in much of Christianity. Yes. So would you spend a moment, we've got about three minutes left in this, the entire show, would you take about the three minutes to, to really speak to my listening audience in San Diego County? These include churches and pastors, but they also include parishioners throughout the county as well, to encourage them to take a new look at the old book? Yes, I think what's so important, as we know, the Bible says we see through a glass darkly, we only know in part. I've said this in one of the earlier part of the show. But I tell you what, uh, the Jews were only blinded in part. And I think we need to take another harder look uh, at uh, the Scriptures to try to understand them from another point of view, just like husbands and wives. The wives have a different perspective than the husbands. And we can't, uh, as husbands, we need to listen to the wife's perspective. And the wives need to listen to the husband's perspective. And sometimes you need to listen to the children's perspective uh, if we really want to relate. If we value the family, if we value relationships, we're going to listen. And so for me, the greatest thing that we as believers can do is begin to really listen to what God says as we look at His Word and tell God, hey, let's Stir the pot. Let's mix things up. 
you know, God, I don't want to be complacent. And if I have to be shaken, shake me now. You know, uh, I want to be shaken now. I don't want to wait until it's too late because things are going to happen so fast. We think, well, we'll repent uh, when things get really bad. I tell you what, there's a time coming when the door's going to be shut. And no matter how much we cry out, he's not going to open it. So we've got to get our relationships right now. And right now is the time. It reminds me of a scripture, and you can help me with this too, Pastor. Um, There's a scripture that talks about there is now no uh, temptation that is not common to man, but that God is faithful and he will not suffer you to be tempted beyond that which you are able to bear, but will with the temptation provide a way of escape. So you may be That's able to exactly bear right. it. And well, my listening friend... God paints us into a corner, but it's always <laughs> the corner where the door is. <laughs> uh, one last uh, minute to give an encouragement to our people, uh, Pastor Mark Bilson, then we have to say adieu for this entire two-hour show. Sure. Well, I encourage everyone to listen to your radio program. <laughs> and uh, I just thank all the listeners. And, and my heart's cry really is that they fall in love with the Lord all over again. And uh, I want to fan the flame in their heart. I want to blow on it like the Spirit. Allow it to blow on your heart to make you get serious about your relationship with God. Yes, Amen. I, I agree. And my listening friend, uh, this is... Uh, I want to be delicate in saying this, but this book needs to be purchased and read, consumed. It's called Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times by Pastor Mark Biltz. I don't say that to elevate him. I say this to elevate God's truth that he has excavated from within. It's going to give you ammo to go with greater wisdom digging through the scripture. And while you're at it, maybe God's daytimer. To, to understand God's feasts and festivals. You're going to be equipped, and you're going to see things you've never seen before, and it's going to give you a love for Israel like you've never had before. Mark Bilds, thank you for spending some time with me. I, words can't express how much that is appreciated by me and the listeners of Come Together San Diego. Amen. Thank you so much, Kaz. Oh. You'll be blessed. <laughs> and we will be blessed. My listening friend, it was a pleasure having Mark Bilts with us for the entire two hours. You know, Come Together San Diego's whole heart cry is, guess what? For San Diego to come together. And so uh, Mark Biltz uh, has given us a vital key to make that happen. We'll have more keys next week when we come back. So God bless you guys. And thank you, Mark. God bless you. See you soon. Thanks for joining Chaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.